I was praying about what to speak about, and uh, God has just been pressing this on my heart so much and speaking to me about Thanksgiving and changing the atmosphere. So I'm really excited to share this message this morning. I want to start with 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. It says, Rejoice always and delight in your faith. Be unceasing and persistent in prayer. In every situation, no matter what the circumstances, be thankful and continually give thanks to God for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. I think a lot of us have grown up knowing these scriptures and uh, hearing about thankfulness a lot. But I've always thought of, of how does that walked out practically in our everyday lives. And I found this really interesting that 80% of the average, average human thoughts are negative. I was like, wow, that's crazy. And then they say like, you know, it's like 20% positive, but with Holy Spirit, right? Everything can change. And in my own life, I really knew I was that 80% negative all the time growing up and stuff. I kind of had that mentality of like, the glass is half empty all the time instead of the glass is half full. And I couldn't recognize good in my life because I was always focusing on the negative and what I didn't have. And I think some of us just have grown up in negative atmospheres or for me, like I was bullied over and over again and so that kind of shaped how I have my outlook. And sometimes it, it becomes like a core belief, like I kind of felt like, well, there may, there's something wrong with me. So I was always feeling like, God, you gypped me. God, you didn't, you know, give me what I needed to succeed in life. Hmm. And instead of thanksgiving and praise, we'll take on a, I don't have enough. Why me? Or why did you give me the raw end of the deal? And for me, these things, you know, for other people, for all people, being like unthankful and negative will lead to some type of sin, basically. For me, it became jealousy and comparison, and it led into depression and anger. And so I was always looking at everyone else and what they had and, and wishing I was like that or I had that, and it became the cycle in my life. And because I wasn't thankful, I couldn't have the truth in my life, which would set me free. And I remember giving in to this negative spiral so many times, and especially my mom and dad finding me and being like, Amy, like, get this in your head. Get this truth in your head. And I'm like, I can't. I remember my mom always saying, stop making a mountain out of a molehill, Amy. <laughs> uh, and so many times I would literally rage at God. Why did you make me if these things I'm so lacking in? But the amazing thing is God always pursues us in that. He's always going after us. He never wants to leave us as orphans. He's always saying, come on, come out of this. And it was really cool, but a series of events started happening that led to that aha moment where everything changed. Different blessings came in my life, though none of it would seem to last because I ended up going back into that cycle of it's never enough, it's never enough. And God was always pressing on me, Amy, stop waiting for the future. Stop waiting to feel like you've arrived, you know? It's like, when I get there, then I'll be happy, which is, you know, a very big thing in our culture. And, and I just kept, when I get there, God, then I'm going to be happy. If you, if you give me this, then I'll be happy. And just kept begging him and stuff and couldn't, couldn't just enjoy the moment. Hmm. I love that saying that it's like, Instead of surviving in this moment, we need to choose to thrive in it. 
So I started investing in women. I decided, okay, I'm going to try to be content in the now. So I was in these um, groups with women because I watched their kids a lot. Um, I worked in a daycare and I worked with uh, babysitting kids uh, at the gym and stuff for all these people. And so I started just getting involved with these women in their lives and just began to share my faith and get to know them. And that was like, okay, I'm feeling this seed of hope in me. And then Melissa came home from School of Ministry, and she started to do some inner healing with me on trauma that I'd had from my daughter, Aslan, being born, and just a lot of anger that I dealt with and when she was in the hospital and sick kids after she was born. And it was like this glimmer of hope. Like, I had never experienced any form of inner healing before. And I was like, just felt like this forgiveness come over me, you know, for the nurses and different things that had happened. And I started to feel this little seed of hope and freedom in my life. And so that started this cycle. And so um, not long after that, I ended up going to Freshwind. And I was really depressed. And I got this big, you know, change in my life where I got hope in the place of depression. God gave me the word warrior. And he was like, now you're going to fight what the enemy says about you. So I decided, okay, I'm not going to just give in all the time to these thoughts. I'm going to stand up and fight. And so that was a big thing. And then not long after that, I was, um, I was uh, having this time with the Lord, and I was studying the Israelites. And I think I've told many of you this, but I was just reading about them, reading about them. And I started to get really angry. And I was just like, God, they were so complaining. They never saw the good. And you were doing this and this and this for them. And they just couldn't see it. And I was so angry at them. And very clearly, a voice popped in my head and said, you're just like them, Amy. And I was like, no, no, I'm not, you know, really fighting back. And I kind of finally was like, how? And he was like, here you are focusing on the few things that you don't have when I have all of this that I've given you. And he began to show me that because I feel like I couldn't play the guitar as good as my sister and I wanted to be a rock star, that it was the end of my life. Like, seriously. But, but it was just like, I was, I was just in those moments and God was like, look, you're born into a country, you know, that all of these things, these rights for women that you do have and, and you've been born into this family. Look at your husband and your little daughter and all of these things. And I ended up getting down on my knees in that time with the Lord and I started weeping at my selfishness. And I was like, oh my goodness, I've been doing this for over 20 years and I'm so sorry, God, and I don't want to be like this anymore. And I just had this amazing time with the Lord. And it was actually the first message I ever wrote was, and it, I called it, going from complaining into thankfulness from my own life. Hmm. Yeah. I realized in that moment the utter ridiculousness of actually how it looked from God's perspective. I was like, Wow, yeah, that's pretty messed up. I'm pretty messed up. I need to change this. And that step of choosing to like stop focusing on what I don't have and start focusing on what I do have was literally the springboard that brought me into alignment with my destiny. And everything began to change after that. It was amazing. For so much after that, like we had been praying for direction, Adam and I, and what are we supposed to do, Lord, and all of this. And I kind of felt like, well, I'm going to be stuck in Wingham the rest of my life. You know, and all of a sudden, as I began to have that breakthrough, God, we had tried to get into the school of ministry before, no money came in. And then all of a sudden, God's like, reapply after that happened. So we reapplied, we ended up getting in, and all the money came through. And we ended up going to school of ministry, and like, 
the first thing that God said to me when I went there was, you've never been like open and vulnerable, Amy. I want you to be open and vulnerable. And if you will, I will absolutely change your life. And so for the first time in my life, I started sharing with people what was really going on inside of me because I was a very guarded person. And I just started getting more and more open and vulnerable. And now it's like a total lifestyle that I follow. And I'm so love it because it helps people. And it shows them that you're real and you have problems too. And it's just been this amazing journey for me. And right into School of Ministry, one of the first things he started saying was, Amy, there is no comparison in heaven. I was like, okay. He's like, kept saying, Amy, there is no comparison in heaven. And because this was the stronghold in my life that had been keeping me from thankfulness. And so I was like, okay, like I feel like I've finally broken, like comparing myself to my siblings and stuff. So I'm, I'm good. And then God would bring in like another powerhouse woman that was doing all the things that I felt like I was called to. And I was like, you know, <laughs> do not compare, do not compare. And I was just really struggling. And then God gave me this vision of um, my Oma makes porcelain dolls. And so he showed me like pouring in the mold. And he was like, you're trying to be this different mold and it's never going to fit and it's never going to be right and it's never going to work. And I need you to only be you. And he was like, all I ever ask of my children is to give their 100% of surrender and I will use it. And over and over again, another girl would come in and God was like, lay it down. I just want you to be you. And so he kept saying, I want you to bring my kingdom to earth and there is no comparison, Amy. And it ended up totally breaking that stronghold in my life and cycles of years and years of doing that. And the amazing thing is when that happened, jealousy had to go too. Because once comparison's gone, jealousy just naturally had to follow. It was amazing. And it was so cool, but I just watched as I began to believe that all I had to do was give my 100% and not be anyone else. It was like I started really finding who I was as a leader, as a worship leader, as a mother, as a wife, as a daughter, and all these things. And I was able to just really step into that in a whole new way. And I really began to grow. Because as a worship leader, I was very timid, very like, oh, like I need to be like her. And she's so much better than me. Instead of like, nope, this is who I am, and I'm going to give it my 100%, which I'm sure you guys will see now. I'm just like, I just go for it, and I just be who I am. And I just let God take that. You know, and it's amazing because in the world's eyes, there's always someone less or there's always someone better. And it just never ends. And that's not who God is. He's like, there is no comparison in heaven. And I want to bring that kingdom to earth. And something God told me in that moment was like, people can replace you in your role. Like if you left the church and someone else became the worship leader or the pastor, they will replace you in, the, in your role, but they will never, ever be you. And only you can fulfill the things that I've called you f- to fulfill on this earth. And it was just that amazing revelation that God gave me. of just like, I'm just called to be me and give it my all. Hmm. And it's so cool, but as I began to just be thankful for what he'd been given me and started recognizing all of the gifts that I'd been given, it was like it started shaping me into the woman that I was created to be for my destiny to be walked out. It began with thankfulness, and then I could receive the blessings. Romans 1, 18 through 21 says, But God shows his anger from heaven against all sinful, wicked people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. They know the truth about God because he has made it obvious to them. 
For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and the sky. Through everything God made, they can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature. So they have no excuse for not knowing God. Yes, they knew God, but they wouldn't worship him as God or even give him thanks. And they began to think of foolish ideas of what God was like. And as a result, their minds became dark and confused. And I think that's why my life was so messed up. It's because I wouldn't recognize who God was. I was just putting on all this stuff like, you didn't give me this. You're not good, basically. And so my heart was darkened and confused. And I love this um, quote from Bill Johnson about this passage. He said, Paul is basically saying that God is not kept who he is a secret. Knowing God is not hard. It's actually the most obvious thing in the world. All you have to do is glorify him as God and be thankful. This response, because it agrees with truth, will give open access to the vast treasures of the knowledge of God. But without that response, your thoughts become futile and your heart darkened. Futile means purposeless. When we fail to sustain the response of thanksgiving for everything in our lives, our thinking is then cut off from our purpose in God. It was like, whoa, that's so true. And I've seen that action in my own life. When bad things happen or struggles come my way and I don't start to just look at who God is and praise him, then my thinking becomes dark, right? Our, our thoughts and our hearts get darkened. And it's so cool to see how far I've come, you know, in, in that walk with God. Um, a lot of you, I told this on last Sunday during worship, but last Sunday at 2 a.m. in the morning, I woke up um, and I just had blood all around me and I'm pregnant. And... Um, I was just woke Adam up, and I knew, okay, we're going to lose the baby here, so it just got ready. And uh, Adam and I just put worship on in our room, and we held hands, and we just started praying. And I just said, in that moment, God, whatever happens, I trust you. And uh, I was supposed to lead worship that morning, and I just thought, I can't do this. I'm just going to stay home, and that's it, you know, just waiting. And uh, I called my midwife at 8.30 a.m., and I... I said what was going on, and she says, well, now only time will tell, you know. So just go about your day. You'll either lose the baby or you won't, but get an ultrasound of money Monday, and we'll see. And in that moment, I just prayed, and I felt like, I just want to go worship with my family. I just want to be with you guys and just, um, just say that you are good, whatever happens, and just go for it. And so it was just this amazing thing. And so I was up here pre-service prayer last Sunday, and um, one of you came up and just started praying for me. And you, they put their hands on my womb, and I felt heat go into it. And they felt like they're supposed to pray over me and the baby. And I felt heat and everything. And I just felt this hope and this peace overcome me. And, you know, I went. And on Monday, I had an ultrasound. And the ultrasound technician wasn't saying anything. Finally, I'm like, is the baby okay? Is its heart beating? Is it moving? She's like, yes, everything's good. So I was like, oh, God, thank you, you know. And I remember just driving home from that ultrasound, just thinking, God, and saying, you're so good. And even if I still love you, even if I still praise you. And it was like that moment of knowing that if that had happened with Aslan, Malachi, or Zeke, my other three, I would have been in a panic. I would have been like freaking out and just what God's brought me through in two years. Of that. It's been two years of a lot of struggle, but it's firmed up my foundation of like, he comes through 
when those hard times come, he comes through and he's there and he's close and he is good no matter what. And it was like that strength in me. And so it was just like, thank you, God, for just taking me, you know, and, and firming my foundation and my trust in you. You're so good. Mm. In those times of hardship, it's good to remind ourselves what God has done for us in the past. I've really found that over and over again, being focusing on you did this, like, you know, even you healed Ethan, God, you did this, you did this, you're good, and just focusing on his goodness in those times, it really, really helps. Hmm. He is the one who strengthens us. He is the lifter of our heads. He is the comforter of the weary and the broken. And he's worthy of all praise, all honor, and thankfulness, for he is God and he is good. I wanted to share a few quotes by Bill Johnson on Thanksgiving that I just loved. It says, we don't battle by focusing on the devil. We keep our focus on, on the king and his kingdom through Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving helps us to establish our focus on him and will shift our awareness away from earthly reality into heaven reality which we must do to release the strength of heaven into our circumstances. And that's something now I do all the time is I'm like, okay, I know the kingdom of darkness is saying this, but what is the kingdom of light saying? What are you saying in my circumstances? And I'm always partnering with that, you know? And if I don't, I'm just getting back to that place again of like, okay, I'm not going to agree with that kingdom. I'm going to agree with your kingdom where there's always more than enough and you're good and you're for us. Huh. Who remembers the songs back in church days, you know? I will enter his courts with thanksgiving in my heart. Anyway. And uh, this is the day that the Lord has made. I remember singing that one all the time as a kid. This is the day that the Lord has. So come on up, Mel. Just play. No, I'm just <laughs> uh, Or Sunday school. I remember singing all the time. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Anyway, good times. But I don't think I fully got it. That's the thing. It's like one thing to sing it, another thing for it to just go into our spirits, you know. But I love that. I was, uh, I was at someone's house a while ago, and they were singing that with their kids every morning still. Like, that's awesome. <laughs> <sighs> and, you know, all of these are just taken from scriptures, telling us to be thankful. Yada is the Hebrew word. Um, it's a Hebrew verb, and it means to throw, to give thanks, to laud, to praise, to confess something about God, or to confess one's own sin. And it's used 114 times in the scripture. And as a noun, it means confession, praise, thanksgiving, giving of praise to God, thanksgiving in songs of worship, thanksgiving in choir or procession, thanksgiving offerings, and sacrifice of thanksgiving. And it's used um, 32 times in the scriptures. And some amazing people known for Thanksgiving in the Bible. I always think of like Hannah, and she was crying out and crying out for a son. And she said, you know, Lord, if you give me a son, I'll de dedicate him to you. And when she conceived Samuel, she was just rejoicing and thanking him. And she, right away, she ended up bringing him to the temple and dedicating him. And she ended up giving him up. And I just think that's amazing. And David's known for his Thanksgiving, like obviously so many of the Psalms, you know, are just full of that. And he unashamedly would just dance before the Lord and, you know, like just got in his underpants and just went wild in front of everyone. He didn't care. He just was like, I'm going to praise this God of mine. I just love that. And it was, it must have been so weird, like pre-Jesus, like this guy was just like totally out of the box, but he chose praise and he went through a lot. 
David David went through some dark times, very, very hard things. He was, you know, on the run for, they say, almost 13 years. And he just kept just worshiping and praising him. And I'm just so inspired by that. And you think of the healed leper, you know, 10 of the lepers that Jesus healed, one came back and he thanked him. And I think our greatest example is obviously Jesus. He continually was praising God, showing his thankfulness. He showed us a beautiful example of how to live as the thermostat to the world around us. I love that, you know, I think about this. We're not meant to be a temperature gauge but, or like change the temperature, but we're meant to be the thermostat. We come in with our praise and it changes everything. Psalms 50:14 says, Make thankfulness your sacrifice to God and keep your vows made to the Most High. Colossians 2:7 says, Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth that you are taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. Psalm 28:7 says, The Lord is my strength and my shield. I trust in him with all of my heart. He helps me and my heart is filled with joy and I burst out with songs of thanksgiving. Psalm 69.30 says, Then I will praise God's name with singing, and I will honor him with thanksgiving. Psalm 95.2 says, Let us come to him with thanksgiving, and let us sing him psalms of praise. Psalm 107.22, Let us offer sacrifices of thanksgiving, and sing about joyfully his glorious acts. And Psalm 104 says, Enter his gates with thanksgiving, go into his courts with praise, and give thanks and praise in his name. And those are just... A few verses, but I love it. Thanksgiving is not a feeling first. It's a choice first. You know, just like love and all those things. But it really is. In that moment, sometimes it's like, I'm going to choose this before I feel this. And I've really felt that in my own life. And, you know, in that moment when I thought, I'm going to lose my baby, I didn't feel thankful, but I chose it. I chose it in that moment, God, I thank you that you're here with me. I thank you that you're good. I thank you that your plans for me are good. And, and all of that, and just began to focus on him, focus my praise on him, and it helps. Hmm. We can come into a worship service, you know, in situation and not want to praise him. But over and over again, you just think of Paul and Silas, and they're just that amazing example of, like, literally being beaten and thrown into prison and, and they're in stocks and I imagine sometimes like there's like some rats running around or something and they're cold and I imagine they're in great pain from how much they were beaten and in that moment they could have just sat there and kind of wallowed in their pain or just chatted but they're like okay we're just going to worship him and they just started going for it and then you know God's presence comes and and they end up getting set free and uh, getting to uh, lead the whole jailer and his family to the Lord and then they go back to their shackles, you know? But it was just like so amazing that it really is in that moment of choosing to be thankful. We can go through a dark time, feel broken, but choosing to praise him and be thankful will bring us peace. He will give us his joy. He will bring beauty from the ashes because it's who he is. And I love this passage in the Bible that shares it so beautifully. 2 Corinthians 4, 5 through 18 says, You see, we don't go around preaching about ourselves, but we preach that Jesus Christ is Lord, and we ourselves are, are your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who said, Let there be light in the darkness, has made the light shine in our hearts so we will know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. 
we now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. That it, that this makes it clear that our great power from God is not from ourselves. We are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but we are not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. Through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may be seen in our bodies. Yet we live under constant danger of death because we serve Jesus so that the life of Jesus will be evident in our dying bodies. We live in the face of death, but as a result, it has resulted in eternal life for you. But we continue to preach because we have the same kind of faith that the, that the psalmist said when he said, I believed in God, so I spoke. We know that God who raised the Lord Jesus will also raise us with Jesus and present himself together with you. All of this is for your benefit, and as God's grace grace reaches more and more people, there will be a great thanksgiving and God will receive more and more glory. That is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. For our present troubles are small and won't last very long, yet they produce in us a glory that will vastly outweigh them and will last forever. So we don't look at our troubles we can see now, but rather we fix our gaze on the things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. These guys knew hardship, they knew brokenness and trials, but they trusted God and they chose a life of thankfulness in the midst of it all. And it just so encourages me. And it's all because of the Spirit of God in us. It's all because Jesus is here, he's with us, and he's giving us that strength and we're not alone. We want to be a people of thanksgiving, a people who pour out our praise. We just choose to praise no matter what. We choose to be thankful. Thanksgiving truly does open us up to our destiny. It opens us up to his gifts and his blessings, and it helps us to truly see. Let's pray. Yeah. Yeah, God, I just thank you so much for your goodness, God. And I just pray that you would reveal more and more to us about your goodness so that in times when we are struggling, we can focus on that you are good. God, I pray that where we've had those circumstances where we have felt alone, God, I just pray that you would show us how you were there. And God, where I pray that where we've just been having this negative cycle in our life that's been just... It's been really hard to focus on the good. God, I pray that you will open our eyes to who you are, God. I pray that we would choose thanksgiving, that we would choose praise. <sighs> You're worthy of all praise no matter what. Yeah, God, I just pray right now, God, that you would show us a situation in our lives where we've just been really struggling to see any good in or where you're at, God. And I just pray right now that you would show us right now in a specific situation where you are.
just pray that we would be a people that just give you 100% and we just worship you, that we be just so known for a just all out praise of you. That we, be, we would be known as a people who worship you no matter what. And God, I just pray for the power of lies to be broken in Jesus' name off of our lives. Show us what you see. Like you showed me how I was a selfish, like the Israelites, just focusing on what I didn't have. And I thank you that you clothe us. Like Melissa said, you take care of us. And God, I just pray that you would help each and every one of us to just surrender our 100%, our all, and that you would take it and you would make it beautiful. Literally, I Thanksgiving opens us up to our destiny and his blessings and gifts. God, I just pray that you would open up our spiritual eyes to see the gifts and the things that you have given us and the ways that you've been there. And we just praise you that you work all things together for your good. We thank you that it says that what Satan meant for bad, you turn to good. And we thank you that that's who you are. You don't leave us in our mess. You don't leave us where we're at, but you continually pursue us with your reckless love. God, we just want to worship you no matter what. We want to give you our praise. We want to choose you. I pray for a deeper awareness of your presence as we go from this place. And God, we repent for where we've just given in to the negative cycle, where we've given in to just focusing on all the bad. Yeah. I was really inspired, um, again, by Bill Johnson. And uh, he, he said that if he's like watching the news or he's in this circumstance and it ever becomes bigger than God, he right away will go to his prayer closet and he'll go to a place and make sure that God is bigger than that situation and he gets it right and it changes everything. And that hit me so, so much. And I remember, I think it was Daisy saying to me or something, but she said, you know, as soon as people hear the word cancer, right? It's like here and God's here sometimes. It's like his name is above everything. He is over everything. And that's what I've been really trying to do more and more is just get these tools in our lives where it's like, okay, I'm going to praise you in the midst of this. I'm going to see, be in line with instead what the kingdom's doing instead of what the kingdom of darkness is doing. But I'm going to ask you what your kingdom is doing, God. Or I'm going to fight this with thankfulness. I'm going to fight this with praise, you know. Yeah. 
God, we thank you that there is no situation that is too big for you. There's nothing that is out of your grasp. Even if we go to the depths, you are there. In the darkness, you are there. And God, I just pray that we would be able to just choose thankfulness and that we begin to see things in a whole new way. God, I just pray for our spiritual eyes to be opened to what you're doing. Like I had that aha moment, I pray that you would give other people that aha moment of like, oh, I get it. Just reveal to us the ways in which you love us because that's where it all starts, that he is a loving, good father. God, help us to not be just there, but that we would literally change the atmosphere with what you've placed inside of us. That we could literally come into situations and be able to see what your kingdom is doing instead and choose to align ourselves with what you say instead. And God, I just break off doubt. I break off burdens. And I break off heavy yokes. And I just ask in their place for a garment of praise. God, in any ways where our hearts have become darkened and our thoughts have become darkened and and it's darkened our life, God, I just pray. That you would just come that our gaze would again be fixed on you, that you would renew our minds, that we would choose you, God, and you would make a way for us to just come into your presence, to feel you. I just pray a supernatural impartation of people in this room to feel you like never before, to sense your presence, to sense what you're doing, and to see what you're doing. And I thank you that every single person here is unique and loved and that you have such good things for them. And they don't have to be like anybody else, but they just have to be surrendered to you and you'll make them beautiful. God, we just break off trauma and disappointment and shame and we just pray that you would renew our joy that we would just choose again to be thankful in Jesus mighty name amen Mm. (sighs) yeah it's just I feel so privileged to share this message because it's literally changed my life I literally they would find me all the time like hiding somewhere in the house with pillows over my face even after I got married my husband would find me like weeping like I just want to die my life sucks so bad it's just it was ridiculous and I just began to see oh my gosh God I didn't see all of this and this and this because I was so focused on comparison and so it's so cool to see that nothing's too great for God and he can change any situation 
just asking him to reveal, you know, what do you see? What did you give me? What are the gifts in my life? Can you reveal that to me? And just choosing praise. So I just bless you guys as you go out today to just really be able to just focus on what he's saying, what he's doing. And I just pray for reversing of the negative mindset into a kingdom mindset in Jesus' name. And if anyone wants more prayer, you're always welcome to come up and some of our ministry team will pray over you. But have a great Sunday.